It doesn't matter if you're a skilled veteran in PE or you're just getting started. You're going to need some for your lubrication needs. And the best thing on the market is none other than Jelk to Grow. That's right. Jelk to Grow is the only thing that is made specifically for us PEers. So you don't got to mess around with that oily mess that sometimes, well, you know, if you're brand new and you're just getting started, you got no other alternatives. Sometimes we go down that road, but we don't have to anymore. We can go down the best road possible when it comes to using the right tools for PE. And that would include none other than gel to grows balm. It doesn't make a mess. It helps you heal. It helps you moisturize. And I mean, I'm probably gonna go through about 20 of these tins <laughs> this year. So make sure you get yourself one too. I swear by it because I use it, baby. And make sure you get yours too. Check it out at gel2grow.com. Click the link in the description below. What is going on, gentlemen? I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I hope you guys are having yourselves a spectacular day. And I hope that you are going to enjoy this episode because this episode was an absolute banger. I had none other than Dr. Junior Brandes on the podcast. He's a urologist, award-winning urologist, sexual medicine expert, clinical researcher, physician educator, caring clinician, and surgeon. Let's just say the man knows what he's talking about. And when it comes to sexual medicine, the man, he's an absolute expert and he's able to break it down in a way that, you know what, the layman, like, like, like yours truly right here can understand absolutely everything that he's talking about. But not just that, he's very transparent in the way that he speaks and it makes it so he communicates his point and he actually cares about the men that he's trying to take care of, man. And that's what really blew me away and, and what makes him so special is his approach, right? And he actually wrote a book specifically for this purpose, right? It's called The 21st Century Man. And the beauty of it, it's not just him who created this book. He may be the author, but he also took advice from 50 top doctors and men's health experts. So... And I'm not just saying that. I actually got the book myself and I went through it. And I'm like, I couldn't believe how much valuable knowledge is in it. And it's extremely dense. It's to the point where I'm like, and he even says it himself in the podcast. You shouldn't really read this book from cover to cover. This is more, you got to look at the different chapters and say, okay, this is more applicable to me now. Right. And depending on what stage you are in life, some of them, some of the subjects are going to be more relevant versus other ones that may not really be relevant to your life at all at this point in your life however all this stuff will probably tie in eventually but he covers everything man like the holistic approach um Peyronie's, like everything is in there for the 21st century man and it's a mind-blowing book it also i have the link here and like dr brandes said please you know don't get it from amazon get it from the website you know forget jeff bezos he's got too much money already so if you could support him via that way, guys, that would be spectacular. Also, I've included all his social media links and his YouTube page. And if you want to get in touch with him, all that good stuff is in the description. And also be sure to check out Jelk to Grow 
you know, I added their link as well. And I really hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. I got a couple DMs saying, hey, you know what? I really appreciate the product that they created and already using it. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, how'd you like it? And they're like, dude, this stuff is sick. So make sure you cop yourself. Get yourself some junk to go cream. It'll help you in your PE journey. And unlike the other alternatives that we have, they're not really created for PE, where gel to grow really is, right? So be sure to get yourself some of that. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And again, if you want to learn more from Dr. Junior Brandes, make sure you reach out to him too. All right, enough of my yapping and flapping. Let's jump on into another episode. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast. Today, I am joined by a legend, Dr. Judson Brandes. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. Man, I'm blessed. The audience is blessed. Guys, if you don't know, I'm going to make sure I put all the links in the description below so that you can follow Dr. Judson and a lot of the work that he does. But Dr. Judson, if you could just give us a quick breakdown as to what kind of got you interested in urology and men's health and all that good stuff and how your journey kind of started down this path? Oh boy. You know, I always wanted, knew I wanted to be a doctor, but uh, I went to Brown university for undergraduate. I was actually a history major. And then after graduating, I worked at American red cross for Harold T. Merriman, the guy that figured out how to freeze blood. And then I went off to Vanderbilt for medical school during medical school. I did a Howard Hughes fellowship at Harvard medical school, worked for the team that did the first living related kidney transplant, wow. won the Nobel Prize for that. Then I went back, finished up medical school, and then did a residency at UCLA, first in surgery and then in urology. And then uh, I've been in private practice for almost 20 years. I was one of the first people in the country to use uh, surgical robotics. So I pioneered surgical robotics. I built uh, kidney stone centers. I was one of the first to do an MRI guided prostate biopsy. And then about three years ago, I became interested in sexual regenerative medicine and the use of low intensity shockwave therapy and PRP and stem cells and all the other really interesting technologies that we can bring to bear to help men who have lost erectile function to get that back. And then I became really interested in testosterone therapy. So I'm on the board of uh, BioT, which is the largest testosterone replacement company. I'm the director of clinical excellence for Gainswave. And, uh, and I lecture for BTL, which builds this amazing machine called the M-Sculpt and the M-Cella, which in my hands accelerates muscle development about 10 to 15 fold. So it's really I, just wild, wild technologies. How do I get one of those? <laughs> well, they're, you know, 250,000 bucks, but I can get you one. All right. I'll start saving for it. So but you know, yeah, so I'm, I've, I've come become kind of an expert in um, building muscle in men over the age of 50, right? Interesting. For a 20 year old, building muscle, go to McDonald's and go to the gym, but you're going to build muscle. No, I'm seriously. I mean, if you want to be a professional bodybuilder and you want to get 3% body fat and you want to compete, it's a whole different story. But you know, for the most part, like my son, he's 16. If he wants to build muscle, eat whatever the hell you want and go work out. You're going to build muscle. Right. But after the age of 50, it's a whole different story. You have to be very, very intelligent. And then now I'm actually becoming uh, really interested in, um, in performance enhancing drugs, because I've had a number of patients who really mess themselves up. Uh, and I'm learning like that kind of that gym culture and a lot of um, 
police officers and corrections guys and, and firemen, they're all using this stuff. And a lot of them are using it wrong. And I've got a lot of guys that are infertile, a lot of guys with erectile dysfunction in their late twenties and early thirties. Mm-hmm. I have guys um, whose testicles have lost the ability to make testosterone. It's all because I asked this guy one time, he was, he was peaking at 3,300 for testosterone. Damn. 3,300. That's over three times normal physiology, right? Yeah. And he came to see me. He's got erectile dysfunction. He's 28 years old and he can't have kids. Wow. Right. And I, I said, you know, who was giving you this stuff and, and who are you getting advice from? Because a lot of physicians veer away from that. And he said, oh, big Mike. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I feel so bad for these people because, you know, no one in the medical community wants to take care of them because it's like taboo because, you know, no one wants to be Lance Armstrong's physician or Barry Bonds physician. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people use it for legitimate purposes. You know, I take care of a lot of SWAT team guys and those mm-hmm. kind of folks. And when you're trying to, to take down guys, you know, doing bad things, who's you know, or 20, 25 amped up on drugs and, and their testosterone naturally is going to be a thousand, you know, you got to fight fire with fire. I think so. But I've kind of always made, I mean, for me, I I kind of always view it as a judgment call. Right. And I think it's kind of subjective to the individual. And, you know, when I see baseball players, like for me, you know, I'm a Latino and I see like, obviously people come from the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and let's say you're, you know, you're destined to make like 50 bucks a day where you could take some juice, you make it to the major leagues and you could change your life's trajectory forever. And it's like, I could listen to big Mike or if there was a physician that could actually help me down that road. Cause let's be honest, it's, it's life-changing possibly, or it could be life-saving as you mentioned for the doctor, the SWAT team. I mean, if I'm on the gang unit, obviously, you know what, if I know that these guys are all on that and it's no secret that they are, <laughs> you know, coming out of the pen looking just swole, right? Like, why, why is there a stigma around that? Why is it such something that's poo-pooed upon so much? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't judge people, you know, <laughs> it's like, let he who uh, is without sin throw the first rock. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, I got my own problems and my own issues. You know, I don't judge people. I just, you know, if you want to do it, I want to help you do it safely. And I want you to be informed. So I, I have an ebook. I just finished it. I'm going to put it up on my website um, for on performance enhancing drugs. Cause the thing is like, my thing is educating people. Yeah. Right. So my patients are highly compliant because they understand why I'm doing the things that, that I'm doing. Right. So I have a whole YouTube channel, Brandeis MD. I have a website. I have, you know, like I, I wrote this book, you know, I want people to understand why they're doing what they're doing because if they understand yeah then they're going to be compliant if that you know if you are a doctor like i view my relationship with my patients as a partnership mm-hmm. right it's different when i was uh, uh doing research at harvard harvard medical school had the, the most impressive biggest medical library in the world one million volumes people would fly from around the world to go wow. to harvard medical school library to look at journals and books and that there weren't other places, right? Mm-hmm. But now we all have phones yeah. and that little cell phone has access to all the information that you have at the Harvard Medical School Library. 
Google right? Scholar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, you can look up any journal article, you can read almost any book. And so patients have access to the same information that we do. So it's not like doctors are at the top of the hill telling people, you know, top of the mountain telling people what to do anymore. We have access to the same information. We have training and we have knowledge and we understand how to put that information into a framework to help people. But, you know, people are smart. Um, yeah. But you have to help them understand why they're doing the things that they're doing and then they'll do it. A hundred percent. Well, it's kind of like you can't just tell somebody to do something and then not explain to them why they're doing what they're doing. It's like the it's almost like you want me to trust you and have faith in you blindly. I'm like, well, it kind of sounds like a cult. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like like I had a patient earlier today. Right. He's 60 pounds overweight. Right. And, and he's on a couple of blood pressure medications now. And I explained to him, I said, you're at a Y in the road. You know, if you continue down this path right now, you're able to compensate for it because you're young enough. But at a certain point, you know, your legs are weak. You're 60 pounds overweight. Guess what? You're going to fall. You're going to break your hip. And 50% of people that fall and break their hip are dead within five years. Wow. I did not know that. Right. Or, you know, you're 45, you developed erectile dysfunction. 10 years after you develop erectile dysfunction, you're more than likely going to have a significant cardiovascular event, like a heart attack or a stroke or surgery or angioplasty, right? Because erectile dysfunction is a cardiovascular, it's a circulatory issue. Mm -hmm. And that's your first warning sign that your circulation is messed up. And if you don't take that seriously, guess what? 25% of men, the first sign of cardiovascular disease is death. That's a scary so thought. I just try to, you know, I just try to educate people and let them know that there are things out there that can, you know, intervene early in the disease process. Cause it's not like your car, right? Like if your carburetor is messed up, then you go to the dealership and they replace it for you. But in your body, you can't do that. No. Well, that's kind of the thing that I was talking to another doctor and he was um, Dr. Joseph Antoon was talking about the fasting mimicking diet and how he's trying to view it more from a preventative perspective, right? He's like, why are we always going for sick care? And it's almost like we're reacting, giving people pills and just kind of go from there, which is another thing that I see in you as well, where it's more, I can educate you so you can do the things that will prevent these issues from occurring. But the one thing I did want to ask you right off the bat was, um, why do you think we are at the place we're at right now where so many men are infertile, so many men have erectile difficulties. And why do you think it's happening sooner than later for so many men versus, you know, years past? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really, that's the million dollar question. That's a really fantastic question of, you know, why can't men take care of themselves? I mean, a hundred years ago in the United States, women lived one year longer than men. Hmm. Now women live five years longer than men, wow. right? That's a big difference. And even before COVID, men in the United States um, had higher rates of suicide, opioid addiction and death, and alcoholism and death, so that the average longevity lifespan of a man in the United States was actually declining. Like we got all these fancy surgeries and diagnostic equipment and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but men were living less long. 40% of men in the United States are fat or obese. 50% of high blood pressure, 
15% still smoke, 12% don't have health insurance. You know, we're not blessed to have uh, that free health care, <laughs> free health care. I mean, it's not free, you know, you yeah, we it. still pay for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, everyone in the Canada has access to health care. You know, yeah. it may not be like heart transplants. You know, you may have to wait on a list to get a, a knee or a hip. But you know what? Um, uh, the outcomes from the Canadian healthcare system are much better than the outcomes of the American healthcare system. So people in the United States can say whatever they want. At the end of the day, you have to look at the data. How long do people live? You know, what, uh, how many people have access to services? And, you know, if you have to wait a couple months for a knee replacement, so be it. Yeah, I mean, a couple months sure beats never getting one at all. Yeah. Or having to pay an arm and a leg for exactly. it. Exactly, so like, or not being able to afford it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but another thing I was going to ask you too, um, erectile difficulties, you said it was more of a circulatory problem. However, one thing that you had mentioned in the past too, was how the holistic, um, you know, every factor comes into play when it comes to obviously every aspect of our health. It's kind of like Maslow's kind of, uh, what's it called? His, his the pyramid. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So exactly. kind of obviously sex comes last when you're just trying to survive. So how important is it, is it for us to get, you know, sleep, being good spiritually and all that stuff when it comes to obviously our sexual health? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's a great point that you bring up, but there's, there's, there was a really interesting study that came out of the fielding lab at Tufts that looked at gene expression in men building muscle. Right. And what they found is that men building muscle when they were 20 doing the exact same workout as a man who is 50 will express three times as many genes, which means they're building three times as much protein, which means they're building muscle three times faster with the same exact workout routine. Workout, yeah. Okay. So when you're 20, sex is easy, right? You know, your testosterone's high, your circulatory system's really good. Like you don't have to think about it, you know, or you think about it all the time. Right. When you're 50 plus, it's a whole different story, right? Because all of a sudden your physiology isn't the same as it was, right? Your circulatory system isn't the same as it was. So there's this, this Maslow's pyramid at the very bottom is your physical abilities. Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, your mental health, you know, as you live many, many years on this earth, you know, and you see all sorts of crap that happens and all sorts of crap happens to you. It affects, you know, there's a higher risk of depression, anxiety, uh, you know, mental health issues. There's emotional issues. You know, we all carry sort of some sort of baggage from growing up that you have to yeah. work through in your life. Otherwise, you end up kind of being plagued by it. There are yeah. relationship issues, right? I mean, when you're 20, whatever, you know, everyone wants to hook up. But when you're 50 or 60, it's a different story, right? You know, in order for you to have regular or intercourse or regular sex, your relationships have to be good. Uh, and then on the, on the tippy top is your sexual health. You know, do you have good enough blood flow to the penis? Are you diabetic and you can't feel your penis anymore because you have neuropathy or if you had prostate cancer and you had prostate taken out and you, you know, so it's, it's that pyramid and, and the pinnacle of that pyramid is to have good sexual health when you're in your fifties or sixties or seventies. But the thing is like, you're a heck of a lot younger than I am. And you're probably thinking like, what the hell is this old guy telling me all this shit for? You know, I, I can go out, I can work out, I can drink all night and I can have sex the next morning and it's no problem. But the thing is, it's like your future you mm -hmm. will thank you 
for your the good work that your current you is actually doing. Yeah. Right? Because like you don't want to be like my age, 55, saying, damn, why did you do all that stupid stuff when you were younger? <laughs> because now, you know, I got a hot wife, but I can't do anything with her. And mm-hmm. now I'm, you know, I'm diabetic and and I, I shouldn't be diabetic because if you had taken better care of yourself 20 years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't be in this situation. But that's kind of why, I mean, for me right now, I'm 30, 33 or 34. I forget. I'm one of the two. But anyways, it's kind of, I've, I've noticed. Your memory already. starts to go. About yeah, I see that too, man, where I'm just like, I don't know. I don't remember my birthday. I don't remember dates. Ask my wife. <laughs> but I have noticed, obviously, like when I was drinking in my 20s, I could bounce back in like a day and be, I'm completely fine. Now, if I even have like six, seven beers, I'm like, oh man, I'm rock for the next week. So I can't recover that fast. For me, the biggest thing that I want to do now is focus kind of more on the anti-aging. We're seeing that more with the biohacking community, right? Where it's like, yo, I don't want to be diabetic. I don't want my penis to atrophy. I want to make sure that I can have, you know, make sweet, sweet love until I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. You know, I don't want any of those things that I think most people just kind of gloss over. How do you just, because that's the one thing that kind of, I don't necessarily want to go like scare people into eating healthy but how do you educate them and how do you basically tell them about if you avoid this you should have a better outcome because the 21st century man you do talk about all these issues but how do you communicate that to your patients like these are the steps that you should take yeah i mean well so one of the themes that goes through the 21st century man is the hero's journey joseph campbell right yeah yeah and you know it we all like look not all but we look at people like like Tiger Woods or like uh, Johnny Depp as like heroes, right? Yeah. They're all over the TV. But you know what? Those people have problems, <laughs> right? They got their own problems to worry about. You know, it's kind of like I feel sad for Johnny Depp, but you know, everyone looked at him like, wow, he's this good looking guy with a good looking girl and he's got money and this and that. But oh man, <laughs> yeah, it seems look at the raw that. sewage that's being dredged up from his life. Yeah. Right. Like, so the, for me, the hero's journey is like, just focus on your own journey, right? Be heroic in your own family, in your own community, in your own workplace, don't worry about what Tiger Woods is doing or Johnny Depp is doing or, you know, all these people on Facebook that try to portray their own lives as like, you know, insanely great. Because you know what, Every, you know, I've seen, I see professional athletes, I see CEOs and lawyers and doctors and what, everyone's got problems, yep. right? No one gets, gets it easy. No. And so just focus on your own problems and don't think that other people don't have problems because they do. And then when you begin to look at your own decisions, like 10 years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. right? Because my kids were getting towards teenage years. And what I heard from people, like back when I was younger, fake ID was so easy. You could just basically take a pencil and change the date on your driver's license and walk into a bar. No problem. Now, you know, it's like they get holograms and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, we asked these kids, like, where do people get alcohol? And they're like, Oh, they just go to their parents' liquor cabinets. And so my wife and I decided, listen, we don't want to have a liquor cabinet. We don't want to have it around, (laughs) but you know, it was a great health decision that I made. And what I, what I, when I started thinking about it, I understood that alcohol is three things, really four things. First of all, it's totally ingrained into lifestyle. Yeah. Right. 
you know, you go to a hockey game, you drink beer, and then you go out with, you know, the fancy people and you drink wine. And then you go out with your buddies and you drink whiskey or bourbon, right? But okay, all that aside, right? That all that marketing that all these companies are doing to take your money, to convince you that this is an important part of your life. Let's actually think about what alcohol is. Okay, first of all, it's a depressant. If you look at the class of medication alcohol is in, it's a depressant. So on average, it'll make you sad. Okay, second of all, it disinhibits you, right? We all know this. When you're mm -hmm. drinking, you do stupid stuff. Now it's funny, right? Hey, look, you know, Joe is going to jump from the roof <laughs> and land in the pool, right? But sometimes he doesn't make it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, you know, I was talking to a patient, I was telling this to a patient and uh, this, he was this African-American guy and I could start to see tears come down his eyes. And wow. when I said, you know, you do stupid stuff and then he just kind of pointed to his cheek and he had a uh, so yeah, I couldn't tell because he was African-American, but he had a gash from here all the way to here oh, that man. clearly, you know, he got into some fight or got the bottle, cut his face or whatever something, he was drinking, something. right? I yeah. mean, we all know you do stupid stuff when you're drunk because it disinhibits you. That's what it does. Yeah. And then third of all, it's empty calories. Yeah. Right. So there's it's calories. It's energy with no nutritional benefit. So you don't build muscle with it. You know, you don't, it's just empty, empty calories. And, you know, if you're in great, I tell my patients, listen, if you're in great shape and you're, you're, you're at your ideal body weight and you don't need to lose weight and you want to have a glass of wine or two or beer or whatever, go right ahead. I said, but if you need to lose weight, that it's like, it's one of the dumbest things you can do <laughs> because, you know, when I was young, I'd be go out, right. We'd drink beer. And then at the end of the night, what you, what do you do? You get out. You go to the taco maker. Oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. You either puke it out <laughs> if you're lucky or you go to the taco maker. Yeah. Right. No. And so then you pile on even more calories. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's you're right. Cause it's been something that's been marketed to us. Like, Oh, this is the manly thing to do. You know, you drink beer, you hang out. And it's honestly, for me, it just kind of came down to like, yo, if I'm trying to get ripped, I'm trying to get under 10% body fat. Why am I drinking beer? I get 300 calories a pop and even the light ones like 150 times that by 10. Cause you're not going to drink less than that if you want a good buzz. Right. So there's a thousand calories of nothing. Yeah. It was really interesting. I had a patient and he was 25 pounds overweight and I said, wow. you know, he was like 65, 70 years old. And I said, you know, listen, you got to get this weight off because it gets harder and harder and harder to carry that weight as you get older. And he kind of looked at me and I talked to him about my weight loss, like ideas and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I said, okay, take out your iPhone, put it on the calculator. I said, and I pulled up one glass of wine. How many calories are in one glass of wine? So my Google said 140 calories. I said, okay, take 140, multiply that times two, multiply that times 365, mm -hmm. and then divide that by 3,500. Because there's 3,500 calories per, per pound, pound of, of human fat, mm -hmm. right? I said, okay, what number is that? He goes, 28. I said, okay. That, what that says is that if you don't drink two glasses of wine every night and you don't pounds. replace it with anything, you're going to lose 28 pounds of fat, not weight, fat mm -hmm. in a year. And he just looked at me kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> okay. This, that's the thing. Like with guys... And these are all generalizations, but 
you can't tell a guy what to do, right? No. You tell a guy, like, if I told, told you, like, you're drinking two glasses of wine a night, if I tell you, stop drinking, it's bad for you. Be like, screw you, you know, you're bad, bad for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're bad for me. Wine's good for me. You know, I, I read red wine, you know, all those people in France are living to 150 years old. Screw you. What the hell do you know? But if you give people data, that's what the 21st century man is all about. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment in there. There's no shaming. We're not fat shaming, alcohol shaming, any of that crap. Right. Yeah. We're telling you everyone's got problems. And I put together <clears throat> 50 or 60 of top experts in all aspects of men's health because I've heard it all. You know, yeah. I've been doing this for 25 years and I don't take insurance now. So I spend an hour with my patients and we talk about everything. We talk about all aspects of their life, relationships, kids, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, circulatory health, hormonal health. We go through everything and that's what's in the book. Yeah. Every aspect of a man's life is in this book and it's written by experts in those particular fields which is what makes it so valuable because it's not just your opinion. But the one thing that the biggest takeaway, I think, and what makes it so easy for any guy to adhere to it is the fact that you mentioned raw data. You know, I think it was Jay-Z was like, men, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? And that's where it comes <laughs> like down that. to. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one. Or you could, you know, <laughs> just use I that like quote. That. But it's one of the wisest things I've ever heard a rapper say. And it's true because you can dispute, everybody can dispute opinions like, oh, you know, my life matters or you're fat shaming me. And that's all political at the end of the day. And for me, it's just kind of like, man, what's it based on? But when you show people raw data, like you just did, like, if you do X, you will achieve Y and you can live in happiness. Why not do it? And that's the biggest thing where you're transparent about it where I think a lot of people try to hide this stuff. Like, no, if you just do what I tell you, you know, you take this, that, and the other, and you'll be just fine. But if you show them the raw data and like, you just broke it down just beautifully with the wine consumption, it's, it's as simple as that. And it's usually something small that anybody can tweak in their diet or in their lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these changes, you know, that's the thing is we all know don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't eat too much exercise, do some stretching, meditate, be nice to people, right? We all know, I mean, like mm. there's no one that's going to dispute those things, but it's hard to do all those things, even though they're free. Yeah. You don't have to spend a penny. You don't have to go to a biohacking conference. You don't no. have to have peptides or, or any of that kind of stuff, but it's, you know, we all, have stress in our life. We all do things to sort of compensate for that stress, whether we drink or we smoke or we do drugs or we uh, eat too much or we, you know, we're sedentary, watch too much, you know, everyone's got their own coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, but there are consequences of those coping mechanisms and you have to understand what the consequences of those coping mechanisms are. And when, you know, once you realize, like I was on a podcast and, and, the, the post was telling me, listen, you know, I don't, I don't drink, but you know, the other day I had a really, really crappy day. And, and uh, you know, I, I opened up a bottle of wine and, and had the bottle of wine and, you know, it sort of made me forget about things. Um, you know, that's not bad, is it? And I was like, well, you know, it's not bad, but you know, if it was me, I would have gone home, I would have put my boxing gloves on and I would have just yeah. punched the hell out of a punching bag for a half an hour. And at the mm -hmm. end of that half an hour, I would, first of all, I'd be exhausted. 
the stress would all Dissipate. go away. Yeah. And, you know, and I would have put in a good workout. Exactly. But that's kind of what it comes. Another thing that when you mentioned the early childhood traumas and you mentioned the hero's journey, I think those things kind of come together in the way that you have to basically address that at some point, you know, before you reach your midlife, because as usual, when crises may start, may not, depends on how well you can hold it in. But it's almost like that's your hero's journey, in my opinion. It's like you got to overcome that, develop some tools to obviously fight against that, right? For me, I found the gym really early and, and that totally changed the trajectory of my life. However, for a lot of guys, it might be, you know, they get older and it's like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to pop open this wine. Maybe I'll, you know, do my cocaine. <laughs> I'm just looking for an escape, right? Yeah. But, you know, the interesting thing is the, he the gym is not your hero's journey. No. Right. Like, like the, so chapter 101. I, I, you know, I wanted to keep myself out of the book. Like I, I have a narrative that flows through the book, but it's about, mm. for me, it's all about the patience. You know, there's some other folks in that have put out some men's health books, um, you know, in my opinion, not nearly as good as mine, but they, they make it about themselves. Like, it's not about you. It's, not a biography. it's, about, it's yeah. about the, the person that you're trying to help. But the la the very last chapter, you know, I, I sort of told my own personal story. And so I've done all sorts of, you know, like my, I got a fancy biography and, and, you know, I've been, a, I've been really, really blessed to have gone to some really top institutions and trained with some really, really top people. And, you know, because of that, I consider it my obligation to, to use that education to help people. But, and, and, a lot of people would consider what I did sort of a hero's journey, but my hero's journey happened about two, three years ago when I got fired. Interesting. Right. The people that I hired and I trained and I supported, uh, they wanted to join the hospital and sell the medical practice. And I didn't want to do that because I'm not the kind of person that likes other to work for other people. Uh -huh. And so I came home from a hospital leadership conference and the HR person handed me a pink slip and said, you're fired. Uh, leave, we're going to send your stuff in a box to your house. Uh, and that it's a lot more complicated than that. But yeah, I could imagine, but I had to basically start from scratch, reinvent myself, look my wife and my kids in the eye. And, you know, they're like, dad got what? <laughs> right. And that, you know, that at the age of 50 was my hero's journey, not going through medical school and doing all the things that I was like, good at doing and trained to do but it was mm -hmm. you know when when life punched me in the face how did i react to that yeah what did i do you know a lot of people could have would have rolled over or you know gotten some job that they weren't really ideally suited for and and i said okay you know what what did life just do to me and what is that telling me is my next direction and I, you know, I've never been so happy in medical practice. And I, I, there isn't a day that goes by that someone doesn't come and hug me and thank me for turning their life around. And there's not a week that goes by that someone isn't crying in my office, telling me things that they've never told anyone in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's because guys just keep stuff bottled up, right? You know, we have to be strong. We have to be like, like warriors and we can't show any weakness to anyone at any time, even to ourselves. But, you know, that's damaging. Yeah. Psychologically damaging. It's, it's mentally damaging. It's physically damaging for sure. 
Um, and, you know, as men, we have to understand how to take care of ourselves, you know, and it, and that's like, it, it took me years and years and years to understand what that actually meant. Yeah. But I would imagine that now it's almost like, it's funny because I think of the eagle, right? Where the eagle has to go up. He basically destroys himself, you know, plucks out all his feathers, destroys his beak, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, out comes this new refurbished, way better version of the original eagle. And it's kind of like us. It's almost like rising of the phoenix kind of situation where it seems like you almost got to be destroyed to kind of reinvent yourself and rise again. And it's almost like sometimes I believe that life puts us through that in order for you to kind of become who you should be. Or, you know, well, you know, it gives, it gives you the opportunity. Yeah. Right. So that's what the hero's journey is all about. Those are the 17 steps that of Joseph Campbell. Right. So like, like the first chapter of the book, like, so for your, your listeners who, who purchased the book, you know, read the introduction, which kind of gives you a framework. Cause it's a massive book. It's over 900 pages. And, yeah. you know, the thing that I can't stand is I read a 400 book page book. And at the end of the book, I'm like, that was like three pages of information. <laughs> like you just yeah, wasted 10 years of my i mean 10 hours of my life filling the book with a bunch of gibberish and i have three pages of information so i can guarantee you because i either wrote or edited every single word of the book yeah that that 900 pages is 900 pages of highly dense highly useful information right there's no fluff in the book that's mm -hmm. not the way I write. It's entertaining. Like the, I, I tell some really good jokes and good patient stories, but there's like a message in everything in the book. It's like at the end of, it's a 900 page book that really should be about 5,000 pages. Well, that's the kind of book I want to read because you're yeah. right. It's like, you want to read something that's densely packed where it's like, okay, now I got to highlight it, you know, take notes, you know, do a little bit more research and break it down for myself. Cause if well, not, and, it's like, you know, the other thing is that it's, it's not a book you read cover to cover, right? You, you, so you read the introduction, read the first chapter, which is the hero's journey, and then look at the table of contents and then pick and choose, you know, what, what's relevant to you now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the prostate chapter may not be relevant to you, but in three, four years, maybe it's relevant, or maybe yeah. your father got prostate cancer and you want to make a copy of that and give it to him or even better buy him a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. But, um, <laughs> So that's the way that you, that's the way that you really should use the book Yeah, is, is use it as a, an advice guide and a reference guide. But, you know, the, going back to the hero's journey, like the hero, you can think of like uh, George Lucas was a big fan of, of Joseph Campbell. So you can think of like Luke, right? So like Luke gets that little uh, message from Princess Leia, the little hologram, right? Yeah. And he could be like, nah not interested. Let me just hang out on this far out planet and, you know, race little race cars and, and do what I want to do. do nothing. So that's, that's the call to action. Yep. Right. And then Luke and Leia's parents were like, don't go Luke, you know, you're going to get killed. Right. And so part of the hero's journey is like your family and your friends and all that stuff. They don't want you to leave, right. They like you. They don't want you to go off into the wild blue yonder. And so, you know, some people just hang out at home, the, the, the prom queen and the prom king, you know, just hang out at home and don't go on to the big city, but they never reach their true potential. Yeah. Right. And then when you're out fighting dragons, you know, sometimes the dragon wins. Sometimes <laughs> you know? it does. Yeah. Like, like in, you know, Star Wars, they're shooting at, uh, 
at the you know the the stormtroopers right yeah, and it yeah. always seems like they kill the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers yeah. don't hurt them but you know in reality <laughs> the stormtroopers you know that the, they'll shoot a fair number of of uh of folks and so not everyone makes it you know into the rebirth process of the phoenix um and then you know when you do achieve your goal sometimes the journey back is as dangerous as the 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 journey there i mean look at mike tyson right Ooh, like yeah. i mean you know like he what a story to, to get to uh to be a champion and then as soon as custom auto died you know all the wheels came off and you know yep. was it robin givens took him down and you know like don king don yeah. i mean you know like <laughs> like you know he he was a hero but you know you you attract a lot of trouble when you get that and then you know, and then the final step of the hero's journey is the hero comes home, but you can never come home again. So like Luke's, I mean, uh, hanging out on some strange planet, you know, some random the, place. The, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't fit in at home like you used to. No. I and so to. that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's sort of the hero's journey. And so just because, you know, I got punched in the face didn't necessarily mean that I would come back out uh on top you know i've had to fight a two-year lawsuit against 30 doctors and uh you know reinvent myself and open up a clinic even though my ex-partners didn't didn't try to block all my patients from seeing me and you know it's wow you know and i wrote this book you know and covid that's just as i was starting to do well covid shut me down so you know it's like it's you know it's 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 a journey you know when you see a a duck swimming gracefully along the pond you don't think about the the feet under the water just just watch from the top level where yeah you just look at the top working, level you don't, like, you don't see <laughs> you don't see um you know how these hard these people are working Not uh, at all. to get I mean, there but that's kind of one of the things that nobody really sees how much work you put in. Everybody just sees the after effect. But I mean, everything that goes on behind closed doors or under surface level, man, nobody can see that. Yeah. And people will ask you, it's the same way when you develop a crazy body, like, you know, I'm in good shape and people are like, oh, how did you get that? And I'm like, well, it took years and years and <laughs> yeah, years exactly. and years and years. And I'm natural. So I've never done any drugs. And it's uh-huh. like, no, that's impossible. It's like, I you know, I've, I've drawn up the conclusion that you look like this because of X, Y, Z. There's no way. And it's like, no, man, it just takes years and years and years of working at your craft, right? There's no escape from that. But you know, they're projecting on you. Yeah. Right. You know, they're insecure about their own physique. And so they're saying to themselves, well, you know, it's, that's impossible for me to do. So he must mm. be doing something to cheat the system because, you know, he looks like that. And I look like this, Yeah, you know, like if I saw you, I'd be like, dude, you know, you're freaking ripped. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you because yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty secure with, with who I am, what do I do, yeah. whatever. Um, but you know, not everyone's like that. No, no, no. But the one thing I do want to, before we close off, because we're kind of ending the near, I got to have you on again, because I feel like I could talk to you for the next couple hours, tell you the truth. <laughs> but the one thing I did want to ask you today was the pee shot. Um, could you break down what that is, how it works, and sure. the benefits of it? Yeah. So, all right. P shot stands for platelet-rich plasma. So platelets are really magical things, right? So the little 
tiny little cells floating around in your bloodstream. And when you cut yourself and you start to bleed, the tissue that gets injured sends out a message. And that message is received by platelets and platelets hone or are directed to that message. And when platelets get there, platelets are look round, right? They look like little plates, right? Yeah. But when they're activated, they stick their arms out and they look like, like starfish, right? And they grab onto other platelets and they form a, like a web. And that web catches red blood cells and, and thrombin and clotting factors and it forms a clot, right? So that's the first phase, hemostasis, right? Stopping bleeding, right? Then the next phase in a wound is inflammation. Right, inflammation, acute infl inflammation is good. Your white blood cells come in, and they gobble up bacteria. They take away dead tissue, right, to heal a wound. Mm -hmm. But then the third phase is mediated by platelets, and that's proliferation. Right. So platelets, the second function of platelets is they have growth factors inside. So 141 different growth factors have been identified in platelets, and they just spontaneously release all those growth factors. And the thing is, there's only one type of platelet, but platelets have to fix, you know, nerves and teeth and spleens and toes and hearts. So platelets have every growth factor that you would need to fix problems. Yeah. Right. And so what you can do is to use platelets to accelerate the healing process. So a lot of athletes will do this, you know, if they mess up mm -hmm. their shoulder or their knee or their hip. Um, dentists do this in the gum. Uh, hair people will inject it into the scalp to accelerate the growth of new hair. And a friend of mine, Charles Runnels, uh, about 10 years ago, was brave enough to inject platelets into his penis. And how did that go? <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, you know, he felt like it improved his erectile function. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of people overstate the benefits of one P shot, PRP injection, mm -hmm. right? So really there's only been one study that has looked at PRP in erectile function. And it was a very well done study out of Greece. And it showed that it improved erectile function. Now it didn't it wasn't like, you know, night and day, but it's a tool that we can use to, um, in addition to like a nitric oxide booster, like I produce a nitric oxide booster called a firm, right? Yeah. Uh, nitric oxide boosters are essential for, for working out, for blood yeah. pressure, for cognitive function. Um, so that's a tool, uh, PDE5 inhibitors like Viagra and Cialis yeah. are tools, Low intensity shockwave therapy is a tool. PRP is a tool. Now, the other thing is that um, I use it as part of a protocol called the PLONG protocol, which is a study, an, F, uh, a, um, an IRB approved study listed by clinicaltrials.gov, the NIH website, for increasing the, the length and girth and function of a guy's penis. And so we're beginning to br bring pull our results together. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think what's safe to say is that it works in both increasing length, girth, and function of a guy's penis, and it's completely and totally safe. 
So there are a lot of things, more than 50% of guys, if you ask them on a survey, would you like a bigger penis? More than 50% of guys will say yes. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. A, a, <laughs> a, a smaller percentage of those guys will actually do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are things like fat transfers or fillers or surgeries. And as a, a sexual medicine specialist and a board certified urologist, I see disastrous results from those. You know, yeah. some people probably do well, but you know, I'm the I'm the guy that people come to when they have problems. And and it's really unfortunate when guys are otherwise normal. Most people that uh, mm -hmm. seek improvement in penile length and girth actually have normal penis size, you know, or at least within two standard deviations. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like they want, you know, three hundred thousand women a year get breast implants, right? Does that mean that they're functionally deficient? No, it's just, they want a bigger breast. So, I mean, I don't judge people, but I want people to do things in a way that's totally safe. And so, you know, my pre, pre long protocol is totally safe. It's totally natural, right? Because the thing is, some people use just a traction device. Yeah. You use just a traction device. You don't get any girth. No. So you get a pencil penis. <laughs> Right. And so, and some people <clears throat> like there's this uh, silicone implant that people get put in or, Seen that. <laughs> um, or uh, uh, fillers or fat transfers, which really, it feels weird. It feels squishy. Um, you get a pig, in, you know, you get girth, but you don't get length. Yeah. You get a pig in a blanket penis. <laughs> right. And, so fortunately with, with my protocol, you actually get symmetrical growth of the penis. Um, and it's, it's totally safe. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll get an opportunity at the sexual medicine society meeting to, to present our data, which is really, really exciting. When is that coming up? Uh, that's in October. October. Awesome. Yeah. Well, keep me posted. And I would love to interview you again on just yeah, to yeah. see how that all goes. Cause that's one of the things that I discuss a lot here with different guys who have, you know, tried different protocols. Like, I mean, I pumped myself because, you know, that was the one thing that I took away from another one of the podcasts that you had where you said that, you know, they would use this for diabetics. You know, I found, um, I believe it was a journal. I can't remember which study it was, but it was basically given to prostate um, cancer survivors where they used, you know, a penis pump, you know, twice a day for 20 minutes. And it, it helped to actually bring back size and girth, right? And my one question now is if you get the P shot, could you combine it with pumping or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what the, the P long study actually is, is a protocol of traction, pumping, PRP and uh, affirm uh, my nitric oxide gotcha. boosting supplement. The thing is like, there are, there are, I don't think well done studies, but a lot of anecdotal evidence that mm -hmm. if you use a penis pump or a traction device for eight to 10 hours a day for six months, you can increase penis size, right? Yeah. But most people, their job doesn't allow them to keep a penis pump or a traction device on for eight or 10 hours a day, right? Now, now people are working at home. So maybe, you know, that's, Nowadays that's, they are, that's, a, yeah. better, that's a better gig, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, my, so the, I designed the protocol so that like a normal working guy yeah. You know, it's just 40 minutes in the morning, 40 minutes in the evening. And the key really is the, the PRP. So for example, my wife, when we, she was pregnant with our twins, she went to the orthodontist because her teeth were a little crooked mm -hmm. and the orthodontist put braces on her. And 
he was just floored. He said he had never seen an adult's teeth move so fast. And why? Because she was PRP. pregnant with twins. Well, oh, no, it's not PRP, okay, okay, right? Okay. You're pregnant with twins. So you have so much growth factor floating around your body. Interesting. Right? Because the thing is, it's not just enough to have the PRP, to have the growth factor. You have to guide the growth. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. So that makes sense. when you guide the growth, then your body knows which way to go. Interesting. You know, you see pictures of those people in Africa with the super, super, super long, long necks, yeah. right? They put these rings around the neck, right? And the, they don't put 10 rings the first week. They put one ring mm -hmm. and then they put another ring. And then so you're guiding the growth. So you can guide the growth. You know, I've seen people with like those earrings, like the ear yeah. stretcher, you know, like you could do that. It doesn't happen overnight. You guide the growth. But the reason you use the PRP is because you're accelerating the growth. Interesting. That's the, you know, that's the key. Uh, and I'll be really, really excited to, to share the, the, the really exciting sure. results that we got, you know, because it's, I, I just, I get so bummed out, you know, after the 20th or 30th guy that I've I saw in my office that, you know, re regretted the moment that they walked into their doctor's office because they got really messed up. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I have to do something about this. And, you know, I was, I'm, I'm big into regenerative urology. And I said, this is, that you know, might just be is, the key. This is, this yeah. is what I, and, you know, I've done, you know, I, I've done a lot of really high-end research with a lot of really high-end research people. Now, listen, you know, I'm not going to win the Nobel prize for this and <laughs> I'm not curing cancer, but, um, but, you know, if we can help guys do this safely, you know, that's, I think, I think it's, it's beneficial. No, man, because I think it's, A, it's God's work because, you know, how many guys out there are going to be thankful? Just, you know, you talk to people and it, it's like, because in the biohacking community, it's something that's common. Everybody's looking into it. Like Ben Greenfield did like a study back in the day where it was the same thing. It was the P-shot combined with pumping, right? And it was very similar to what you just mentioned now. Obviously, if you are able to put it in a way where it's accessible, it makes sense. And it's got the studies behind it more and more men aren't going to do stupid things like I did, where it's like, I spent 500 bucks and I got a traction device and some crappy pills that promised me magic didn't work. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I mean, and that's the thing about the sexual medicine field that um, it's easy to take advantage of people. For example, like I was listening to a podcast the other day with the the people that do the Phoenix, right? The Phoenix oh, yeah, is an yeah. at home shockwave device and right, everyone wants to know, like, does it work? Because they promised you the world. And they said, oh, well, it works 98% of the time because only 2% of the people actually return their devices. Mm, that doesn't like, have any verifiable. No, first of all, data. that's not the way scientific studies are done. Second of all, you know, you don't want to like go down to your post office and say, you know, I'm going to send this uh, package back. Oh, Joe, you know, what is it? Oh, this is one of those new uh, erectile dysfunction devices. <laughs> Right. You know, people are a little embarrassed to return that kind of stuff. So, you know, in sexual medicine, you're not going to like call up and say, you know, these pills to make my penis bigger didn't work. You're just yeah. going to swallow your pride and say, you know, that was $500 that I spent that probably I didn't spend. And I learned a lesson. So no, I did. Yeah, definitely did. But the good thing that came with it is that it had a very crappy traction device, but I was very determined and I used it and it did work which then made me look into the phallus and forte. And I kind of went down this 
rabbit hole, I guess, you know, for years now. And so, you know, started experimenting with different things and sure enough, like, yeah, it's possible. But like you mentioned before, it takes time. And I, I'm a blue collar guy. I still got to go to work, you know, and got to use machines, this, that, and the other. And I made the sacrifice to use a device for more than 10 hours a day. Sure, it worked, but it was extremely difficult. And sometimes I'd have to put a harness on. I'm like, well, this is going to be awkward. So I got to go to the washroom first. Take it. It, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And so that's a nice thing about the P-Long study is that, you know, we've accelerated that process by using, and it's, in all PRP is not created equally. So we use a, a pure spin 60 cc's we get eightfold uh platelet concentrations you know single spin i don't think it's going to work even some of the double spin you know uh, we're really fortunate to have the pure spin people on board and uh and so it's you know all prp is not created equally i could imagine yeah because i'm seeing more of more of it start to pop up like even here in vancouver where you know doctors are offering it but i'm like hmm, what's the quality of it it's almost like pharmaceutical grade stuff that you get from the doctor versus Big Mike's juicy juice. <laughs> you know, it's always going to be different. <laughs> yeah, Big Mike. <laughs> but on that note, Dr. Judson Brandes, I know you got to go because it's the top of the hour, man. But I would love to have you on again. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. That being said, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And Dr. Judson, do you got anything else that you would like to close with? Oh, man. Uh, so buy my book, but don't buy it on Amazon because Jeff Bezos has enough money. Go to. <laughs> that <laughs> is true, man. That yeah, is true. I wish he had just stayed up in space, you know, uh, you know build Amazon for the moon or something. <laughs> for the but aliens. If you go, yeah, there you go. For the aliens. Um, but if you go to the 21stcenturyman.com, all written out in letters, the 21stcenturyman.com, um, you can buy the book there. And also, you know, there's bios for all of the authors, there's a list of resources, there's I've narrated some of the chapters. Uh, and it's it's all there a lot of really good information. If you're interested in any of my men's health supplements, go to affirmscience.com. We have a nitric oxide boosting supplement, we have a best in class testosterone boosting supplement based on science, so I have a supplement for premature ejaculation. And then what? for your Yeah, and then for your older guys, uh, we have one for prostate health. Jeez, man. We, then, oh, man. You got to come back on. You got to talk more. <laughs> and then, um, you know, if you're interested in seeing me as a patient, uh, we do some some Skype consultations and stuff like that. Uh, just go to uh, BrandeisMD, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com. And, you know, uh, but also I have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of physician teaching and I do a lot of research presentations and lectures. And I put all that stuff up on um on YouTube at Brandeis MD. And so, uh, you know, I just, I love educating doctors. I love educating patients. You know, it's really, really important for me to people to, for men, right. I'm just talking about men. Cause that's, you know, that's really my passion in life is to help men over the age of 40 or men in their twenties or thirties who are going to be 40 at some point, understand yep. that the things that you're doing now are going to affect the future you. Um, but to help men understand the consequences of the decisions that they're making and to lead healthier, happier lives. Man, that's perfect. That being said, I'm going to make sure all the, all the links are going to be in the description below. We're going to basically try to avoid Amazon because yeah, you're right. We don't need Bezos to have any more of our money. But <laughs> <laughs> that being said, Dr. Judson, today was an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to speak to you again. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. On that note, we'll see you guys later. Oh, you know,